Welcome to Composer Talk. I'm your host, Matthew Wong. As a film and TV composer, I love talking to others about their backgrounds, composition techniques, music tech, and more. We all watch films, TV, and digital media and know the important role that scoring plays in storytelling. I want to invite you to join me on this adventure to learn more about the artists who are behind the scenes creating the music. If you want to learn more about the people interviewed on this podcast, make sure to follow us on our socials. And if you enjoy Composer Talk, please take the time to rate and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your preferred listening site is. Hey everyone, just wanted to take a quick second to shout out our friends at QDB.com. That's C-U-E-D-B.com. QDB is a cloud-based software that allows you to make your own customizable cue lists for spotting, composition, orchestration, mixing, and cue sheet delivery. If you'd like to try it out, use the code COMPOSERTALK for 15% off for one year. Our next guests are known for their News & Doc Emmy nomination for Outstanding Music Composition for their work on PBS's Primates. They are composers at Bleeding Fingers Music, founded by Hans Zimmer, Russell Emanuel, and Steve Kofsky. The composers are Denise Santos and Adam Lucas. How's it going? Good. Hi, Matt. How are you? Hey there, Matthew. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's uh, great to... Uh, I don't think we've actually met before, Adam. Uh, so it was great to... Uh, we have not, yeah. See your studio. Mm-hmm. And great uh, hearing from you too, Denise. <laughs> Good to see you and your very cool background. Oh, I guess people can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> I can confirm. It's cool. For sure. Um, so first off, I just wanted to ask if, uh, I assume a lot of people listening to the podcast might know about Bleeding Fingers, but for those who don't know about the company, I was wondering if you could just talk a bit about it and how you ended up over there. Uh, yeah. Ble- so Bleeding Fingers Music is, as you said in, in the in the opening statement, founded by Hans and Russell and Steve Kofsky. Um, it's a creative space where... Uh, many composers work. I think we have There's something 13? like 12, 12 or thirteen in-house, yeah, full-time in-house composers, and we we also have assistants, junior writers. So um, yeah, and we do we do many things. We do custom scores, soundtracks for shows, TV shows. Um, you might know shows like Planet Earth, Blue Planet, or The Simpsons. Simpsons yeah. Yeah, so there's that, and we also do, we also work closely with the Extreme Music Library, um, doing albums for them, and getting those out. Like it's, it's music for licensing, and I think that's basically the gist. Yeah. So I, um, I, I got started at Bleeding Fingers. Well, I first interned at RCP, and then I got an assistant gig at Bleeding Fingers, and then like eventually got promoted to full-time composer. That is how I found my way in. Right. It seems like there's a bit of a natural kind of progression with people who, who work there in terms of starting. Yeah. yeah. But Adam has a different um, experience. Yeah. My, my story is... Um, so there, there's a guy here called Anje, a dear colleague and friend, and we... Uh, know each other for a long time actually we basically started out together in like 2011 something i think we've met for the first time and he um he referred me um actually that's a fun story he he, <laughs> he sent my music 
kind of without consent to <laughs> to the to some supervisors and I, I was so happy he did it but he was like hey surprise i sent your music to this company and they actually dig it and and then i started working remotely with them and i think a year later i i made the 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 big leap overseas from vienna to to la and that's where i've been yeah working the last two years wow yeah, that must have been a big, uh, big shift, right? <laughs> it was. It was culturally and um, also in terms of work. Um, but two years later now, I think I, I, I got a good hang of it. <laughs> yeah. You've only been in LA for two years. Yes. And I got here and then five months later, this thing came upon us. Um, which now known as COVID nineteen, so I di I didn't really have the chance to network and socialize a lot. Uh, so I I came here and thought, you know what, Adam, you're gonna focus on work for now, and um, that's what I did for five months, and then everything locked down. So I thought, hmm, maybe I should have gone out from time to time. <laughs> wow, I didn't realize that was only five months before yeah. the pandemic. I, mean, I feel I, like I'd I, known I think you I for ca years. I came in. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that, especially having done primates together. <laughs> That's true. Do you feel like, uh, well, in terms of like the socialization aspect you're talking about, like obviously film scoring, you know, I mean, we love to joke about the long hours we work, you know, juggling many different projects, but do you feel like you're you're able to have much of a social life? I mean, it might be a little different now, obviously, but like juggling, I mean, everything from extreme music to Bleeding Fingers projects. Like, do you have time to do anything outside of music? <laughs> I feel oh, like yeah, our, totally. our lives, I mean, amongst the composers, I feel like our, our social lives are, you know, hanging out with each other. <laughs> like it takes a big chunk of our free time or yeah, just the socials, social aspect of our lives. And that's yeah. the great thing about being there is, you know, at least pre-pandemic, we were all, you know, having lunches together and having coffee time. And after hours, like we would hang out. And that was, that's a really big plus about being in the company because we're kind of, we already have like a set set of friends. <laughs> yeah. And in, in terms of work, um, so we have to get the job done, and that can, um, you know, roll out in in many different ways. Sometimes, usually, I try from Monday to Friday. I try to pull a typical nine to six, um, and usually that's that's fine. Occasionally, I would stay longer. Um, occasionally, I would go in on the weekends. So there's once you're in a project and it's really crunch time. There, yeah, there's certainly instances where we long work longer hours, and we also come in on the weekends, but then uh, sometimes not. And with music and how it works financially, you know, the backhand, the royalties, sometimes if I feel like it on a Saturday, I want to come in and do a track, I can do that. So there's, it's, it's up to you and, of course, the, the project deadlines. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I guess that sounds like a nice kind of security because, you no, know, like when I first moved to LA, it's, there was a level of hustle needed to be able to stay as busy as possible, but then. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess most, there most, is hmm? definitely, and there is a, a, a different kind of hustle, even though we are working for a company to it, it also has its kind of hustle. Yeah. 
for, for sure. Uh, so outside of that, I mean, do you, do you find yourself like meeting directors, producers from projects you work on and then hang out with them outside? You know, <laughs> it's not very common, like it, because mm, okay. a lot of times with the, you know, with the time crunch, like Russell is kind of the one who gets to know the director, our client, and we, you know, we get directions from Russell. Yeah, occasionally we will get to meet directors, but I think Adam for Primates, I don't think we got to. We only we had a few phone calls with him, right? But that was pretty yeah. much it. I mean, the, also the reason is we we do a lot of projects overseas. Um, all the BBC stuff is 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 um, UK, right? Bristol, yeah. the Natural History Unit. So f- just physically, um, it's it's harder to actually meet. Um, but yeah, we do have creative calls, and um, also with um, the way it works at BF is that as a composer, I enjoy, I would say, this advantage of 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 just. I, I focus only on my music. I, mm-hmm. I go in and my task is writing uh, the most amazing music I can do on that day. And uh, much of the other stuff, um, like the speaking to the client, um, is, is being handled by supervisors and on, and Russell. Um, so, I mean, of course, we're always involved, but I would say it's a, it's a very big advantage for me to... Um, get my my head free and just come in and focus on the music part. Mm-hmm. That is a pretty cool part. Like we have our our supervisors kind of filter out all the other information to just give us the notes that right. are most relevant to the work. Yeah, and yeah, that also speeds up the process. So yeah. I really enjoy that. Yeah, that sounds really nice. Supposed to having to wade through emails <laughs> to find the notes about yeah. the music. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of, I, I mean, I love the music for Primates. And, oh, thank um, you. Thank yeah. you. Both did a killer thank job. Thank you. That was fun. 2019. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, just the show was so fun. Um, like, if you, you, you might have seen the show. It's just a wonderful piece of natural history, like doc- documentary. The BBC did such a great job capturing all these images and these scenes. Um, they must have been shooting for years and years to capture these um, great sequences. And it's edited so beautifully well. And it's a real joy to write music to, a real joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to ask about the uh, the process of writing in terms of, I mean, maybe there's some other elements, but the first thing that comes to mind is just the collaborative aspect. Um, I mean, I think Adam, you work in Cubase, Nisi mm-hmm. work in Logic. Do you ever like pass sessions around? Do you jam together in the room and try to come up with ideas for the score or how's that come about? Ultimately, we assign scenes to each other and also a big part of us not being on the same DAW is, yeah, we we pretty much work on our own cues on our own DAWs, but we exchange a lot of ideas. That's where the collaboration begins. Like we, you know, we listen to each other's cues and you know, we were like, hey, what sound was this or what patch did you use here? And then we try our best to like merge our our findings <laughs> and make the music sound as, you know, as, as cohesive as possible. Right. And we basically had to write, you know, like a cue a day. So, you know, at, at the end of the day, we would listen to each other's work and just gather ideas from each other's work. 
Yeah. And I want to ask about this element of uh, like musical or like ASMR instrumentation. <laughs> and uh, we could talk a bit about that. You want to go yeah. for it? <laughs> yeah. So for primates, um, we wanted it not to sound just like another natural history documentary. Um, the first thing that Russ, uh, like our, our boss, um, showed showed us when we went to the creative meeting, he played. He actually didn't play any piece of film music or soundtracks or whatever. He played a music video of Billie Eilish. Um, I can't recall which song it was, but, you know, let's do something like that, he said. And first, um, you know, that felt, I, I had to, in my head, um, you have a certain expectation how these scores sound. So when he introduced us to this Billie Eilish piece, we had to like rethink and and take a different approach. But it was, I think that's where that was when where the real fun began, and we started really exploring like more pop music sounds. And um, the string section is really small and intimate, and in some cues, um, other elements take take over, like text textures. And um, it's not the big brass or the the big epicness that you would expect from a from a typical natural history history score. I'm not saying that this this is anything bad, but for primates, it was such a fun, posh, like cool show that this more popish approach felt really right. And so we started ex um, searching for sounds, and then we exchanged a lot of like patches, ideas, and sound samples. And yeah, that's where that's where the fun began. <laughs> and I think it makes uh, it wasn't just like a cool idea. It really made sense with the show because the show features the intimate lives of primates. It's not like it's not a nature show about the vast landscapes. It's really more about zeroing in on their lifestyles and how they live day to day. So that intimacy of the ASMR sounds and pop music versus the, you know, big orchestral or um, instrumentation made a lot of sense in that way. For sure. And yeah, I mean, even just like the, uh, I guess like the primates theme, you know, I don't think it sounds like a huge orchestral ensemble, but it's funny that like less players sometimes sounds way <laughs> louder and has an amazing effect where you do really hear the and the really awesome <laughs> snap that Adam did. Snaps. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was... I kind of tried to... Um, not saying I have reinvented the wheel by any means, but I have this... So you can... Oh, my God. Should I try doing this here? Um, you can snap once, right? You use one sure. finger. And then you can do... You can add another one with your second hand, right? So you have two, but if I can, I can actually, I found a way how to do two snaps with one hand. It sounds like this. Hmm. So you uh -huh. use your fourth and third finger and then you do this with both your hands. And you get a <laughs> really like loose sort of wet um, snap. And then, of course, you layer yourself. Like I recorded <laughs> this four times, put it left to right in the middle and and we had this like percussive, almost snare sounding snap that we would place for example when picture changes and you put this snap there it had such a big impact mm -hmm. and i mean this whole hand thing came derived from the from the um idea that uh, what what's unique to primates we thought and 
what differentiates us like humans and animals are basically only two things. The first one is the more developed brain and the second thing is the ability to grasp and use your hands to build or whatever and primates have that. So that's where this whole like using hands as percussion and snaps came from. Yeah, then we kind of branched out from there, like from snaps to claps to just hand. Rubbing the hands and yeah. creating these percussive sounds. And you actually hear that in the in the in the primates theme when when it when it climaxes the there's a, some ticky percussion. This is all hands. That's mm-hmm. so inventive. I, I've never heard of someone doing the four <laughs> snaps. I've seen three though. Uh, the Charlie Puth technique. Do you know about this oh, one, Adam? Where you go does it... snap, snap, and then oh. with your mouth. So oh, you go, that's cool. I wish I, I wish I, <laughs> I wish I would have known about that. <laughs> that I want to hear what uh, the five snaps at once sound like. <laughs> Oh my God! Here we go. That's it. When we get a humans documentary, let's do that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I love that approach of just trying to. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it is percussion, but ha- having such a, I mean, almost like a method act or method scored, you know, variation to just you know what probably could be accomplished with a more traditional percussion sound. It really does complement mm-hmm. the picture. Just that extra. Yeah extra bit that really makes it yeah just work in such yeah, a magical cool. way it, it really i'm so glad that it was primates like had it been any other topic it would be less relevant <laughs> yeah <laughs> so totally. this, that was a pretty cool coincidence for sure uh let's have a couple other questions here um i just wanted to ask about like what uh, kind of music you guys are listening to Ooh. these days what's been inspiring you man that's tough that's always a tough question um for me, how should I say this? I never had a really distinct taste of music because so many things, I I, I can find um, elements I like in almost any genre. So uh, my my Spotify best off playlist or history, I think Spotify struggles to come up with a playlist for me. You know, these computer generated, generated playlists, it's all over the place. What was the first concert you went to then? My very first concert? Oh, dear probably something I'd be embarrassed to admit. Yeah, same. <laughs> same here. Um, I can't, probably some punk rock. That's that's what I was into when I was like 14, 15, and then... That's not embarrassing. Uh, mine's uh, semi... Actually, it's not. It's the chorus. <laughs> they came ooh. to the Philippines when I was like in elementary, and my whole family went. <laughs> we just loved that. Uh, um. Yeah, I, I mean, I keep up with the soundtrack releases, of course, but mm-hmm. um, I, I find myself rarely listening to um, film music. Maybe in the last six months, I've, 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 yeah, I found back to these more like heavy tones and uh, listening to a lot of bands. Like I, I love James Blake, for example. Mm, if you know yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And has um, he released anything recently? I don't think so. Well. I don't know. James Blake, James if you're li- re- listening to this, please release more music. Yeah, please come up with an album. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> I've been listening to Bo Burnham's Inside. <laughs> Ooh. It's like when That's I'm driving good. and it comes out, it just makes driving less stressful. <laughs> oh, I, I can't, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm the same with you, Adam. Like, I, I'm all over the place with my musical taste. And you know how Spotify does this, like, yearly wrap up yeah 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not accurate at all because <laughs> a lot of times I'm listening to something because it's from a brief. <laughs> so it's like, it assumes <laughs> so many different things about me that I'm like, hey, I'm just like educating myself for a brief, but this isn't something that I actually listen to. But it also, but that put together with what I actually choose to listen to, Spotify doesn't know me. It's like, it, they have this word where it's like you're like you're a world listener or something like world class i don't know like where they're trying to say that you don't have one specific taste like you listen to everything yeah, yeah it's funny how genre is becoming less of a yeah. thing every year yeah, i find I feel that like too. The, the lines get blurred yeah. between them yeah i was just rewatching transformers <laughs> recently cuz and I'm realizing that it's still not yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a great movie of my opinion. But that score like blew me away as a kid because I remember hearing like like electric mm-hmm. guitars with yes. synthesizers and what I just like thought of as like a Giorgio Moroder synth line with an orchestra. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, three, four genres, you know, easily combined in one totally. soundtrack. And I think it's something that we're hearing more in pop music too. And just every yeah, country. countries yeah, that's so cool. Merging with hip hop and <laughs> it, choral music is in Pop music, it's like, it's, it's, I love that it's all coming together. I always felt so like weird that I couldn't, like, that I enjoyed different kinds of music, but now I feel like I feel heard. <laughs> uh, well, cool. If it's all right with you, I think we'll go into the last segment for the podcast, a segment called Tech Talk, where I list off a tech topic and you say as much or as little as you want about mm-hmm. it. Uh, first one we do is, uh, is da, which we touched oh, on earlier. Is this like um, just short answers or you you want me yeah. to? However long or short <laughs> you want it to be. <laughs> um, da, I believe you can do great things in any da. However, I'm a QA's guy. <laughs> Are we going to get I into start- this? <laughs> <laughs> that is. <laughs> Adam and Let's I bring- always battle. <laughs> Yeah. I started out on Logic and I, I switched to Cubase. I love it. It's great. It um it's a joy to open every day. Um yeah. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm on, I started on Logic and I'm still on Logic. Oh yikes. And, yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's just I I I just love Logic. Denise is a wizard in, in Logic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you know it, it's it's all about persistence and like loyalty like the more you learn about what you're using the better you are at it so i don't think there's any better daw but between adam and i logic is better <laughs> <laughs> next question next question i feel sure not gonna even bring up the end oh. today, then. Uh, yeah. this is a weird one that a couple people wrote in asking but do you work in stereo or surround? stereo stereo yeah although my husband has yeah. been getting into working with Dolby Atmos, and hmm? once he gets the hang of it, I'll have him teach me. <laughs> it's so interesting because, I mean, I guess we wouldn't necessarily need to deliver Atmos That's the thing. music files yeah. in the future, but it's a lot of, I, I just got some AirPod mm. Max Pros just to listen to spatial audio stuff the way that I assume most people <laughs> I know. <laughs> How do you like it? Atmos on the consumer level. They're really fun. Um, they're also stupid pricey at five hundred dollars for headphones. Oh my goodness! I think you might get surprised how soon it will change, and I think in five years, my, maybe Denise and I will will answer differently and say, "Of course, uh, surround, of course." But because you have three D audio, you have um, VR being the future of gaming and uh, spatial audio. 
I think it's going to shift rapidly from now on. So I'm certainly, I'm looking forward to look, look into that. Yeah. Um, but as of now, it's in our writing rooms. Um, we're like, it's a stereo setup. And I mean, the, the beauty is we rely on great mixing engineers that can mm -hmm. mix it, surround. Um, and then it's a joy to hear. Um, but yeah, it's certainly interesting. But yeah, I do look forward to that day where, you know, we get to have fun with panning while we're in the writing process Absolutely, versus yeah. like waiting until mix. But yeah, it, it is coming sooner than we think, especially like you said, Matt, like, you know, it's on the consumer level. You can buy headphones now that allow you to listen to spatial audio. So. Yeah. And if you think about it, um, it's only natural. This is how we hear yeah just having two channels left and right is kind of weird for um, us humans the the ear is so incredibly smart it's much more trickier to trick the ear than the eye right like you know all yeah. these like optical illusions is so easy for the eye to get confused but um i'm certainly looking forward to these tech um the tech innovations and then soon dive into yeah 3d and and spatial audio That'd be cool. For sure. yeah, it's, it's just like when we shifted from mono to stereo listening. It's like, yeah. Well, that's how I feel about these spatial audio mixes right now, where I feel like there's a lot of people who don't really know what they're doing. Like, in the, like I remember listening to the mm -hmm. Beatles stereo mixes, and it's just like, why is the vocal yeah. on the left <laughs> and the drums are on yeah. the right? All it's like it's weird, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like a spatial audio mix. It's like, huh, okay, so the vocalist is yeah. behind me. Yeah. And why? <laughs> I look forward to the experiments that people come up with. Yeah. It was also really fun going from spatial audio mixes to playing back Slayer's Ring of Blood, oh. which I never realized was mixed in mono. Wow. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's, yeah. It's and then hard. you listen to it in spatial? Well, they don't have a spatial. Maybe they do have a spatial mm -hmm. mix. That'd be killer yeah Can you imagine like that's like denny into hokage <laughs> yeah motto to dolby yeah that would be so cool uh next one here is uh synthesizers Ooh. i have a lot of i do have i i do rely on some few favorite software synth and on top of the list i just have to say is, is zebra for me mm -hmm. uh, that's usually where i start um, I do have a Moog subsequent, subsequent um, 37. I just got that one. I love to use. Oh, oh, <laughs> you, oh I hope you like, I hope you I probably hope so love too. it. <laughs> and um, that's a great piece of gear. I went to Nam, I think like two years ago, and I found this amazing synth. It's a ribbon synth. So you put your finger on it, you can basically glide. And uh, this changed like a changed a lot of my production I, I would I, I would use a lot of these glides and this synth and once you realize there's an infinite number of pitches between a half to half tone step right you go from C to C sharp but there's like so many shades in between that and that's been really fun for me to explore it's called a Haken continuum mini it's a great piece of, of synth and yeah I just got the sub 37 and then I also have the op1 which I really like and then for soft synths I I'm with you Adam like zebras just like sounds so good but um I also like yeah. serum when we have to do these like big pop glossy uh, tracks mm -hmm. like serums is serums really good for that stuff. And are we not going to talk about Omnisphere? <laughs> or 
What's that? <laughs> Have you heard of Omnisphere? There's a second one? <laughs> But there is that. I also love Spire. Mm, Spire's Spire really a, good. Oh, yeah, I use that as well. Yeah. I feel like I always associate with that one with like the chain smokers. <laughs> <laughs> that serum, serum too, is very chain smokery. Yeah, or what's the other? Silent one. Oh, oh yeah. It was loud, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Spire is surprisingly loud. <laughs> like every time I pull up Spire, I have to like bring the volume fader down. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But yeah. It's so funny that all those ones, like Serum, Spire, like they're so similar. Or I guess like even like Hive is kind of in that same. Haven't tried boat. Hive. Yeah. Is it good? It's really nice. Uh, I like that it's the one Yuhi plugin you can put like, you know, 100 instances in your session without setting your computer on fire. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Zebra is too good. It is. I wish that we'd all stop using the same presets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love buying like third party um, presets. Like I love the unfinished. I love what he does. Yeah, but I rarely find that presets work. It's as I I I think if I really want to be like saving time um for me it's it's not clicking through the presets um it's just I, I mostly what i'm doing is i i i oh yeah this is interesting now let's work with that let's see how you know i can manipulate it and then um usually it's 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 easier yeah yeah i mean that's what i was like really excited to have drew jordan it's like one of the first like couple of guests on the mm -hmm. podcast and it was just like fun talking about creating a performance or a musical device that allows for performance from Zebra or from whatever synthesizer. It's not about just mm -hmm. making a pluck patch and then having someone right drag the MIDI. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The it's more about trying to make something that complements a piece of music that you already have started yeah. envisioning. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyways, yeah, you guys killed it here with Tech Talk. Uh, do you want to tell everyone what you guys have going on in the future? Future projects, all that kind of stuff. Huh. Well, I just finished another nature documentary for BBC America. It's called Eden Untamed Planet. It has a narration by Helena Bonham Carter. And it is stunning. Like the Again, BBC just kills it each time with the footage. It's just really, really beautiful. And I got to work on that alongside another Bleeding Fingers composer, Austin Hammonds. And yeah, so it's been airing. On BBC America, I think it just finished. It's it's a six-episode show, so it just premiered all six. So I think now we're like on the rerun side of it. I'm I'm sort of in between projects right now. Um, I'm anticipating one as like one in particular, one project in particular. That I'm really excited about. It may or may not feature animals, um, <laughs> and. I, yeah, there will there will be some announcements soon, I guess. And I just know it's going to be a busy year. It's almost over. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's Christmas, y'all. <laughs> oh, yeah. can you officially say that once we hit September? Yeah, if you're Filipino. Mm. Okay, Austrian as well, actually. So oh, let's awesome. roll that. Great. <laughs> so Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Denise and Adam. Thank you, man. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of Composer Talk. If you like what we're doing, feel free to follow us on Instagram or Facebook. The show is mixed and sounds great thanks to the incredible Eric Bard, who's also a talented composer, producer, and mixer. Until next time, this has been Matthew Wong. Matthew Wong.